Hello, and what is up, everybody? It's me, Marty the Meat Man here, your host of Cross Court Coverage, your all-NBA Celtics-focused podcast, brought to you proudly by Primetime Productions at Primetime Prods on Twitter, primetimeproductions.net. Go and check them out, see a whole bunch of everything going on in every sport. Uh, I hear a little inklings of uh, some new things coming down the pipeline uh, via gambling, via, uh, you know, all the sports. NBA is us uh, right now, but there might be another one coming down the pipe. Um, As always, all the hockey pods, all the articles, um, baseball, here there's some baseball inklings in the in the works. I'm just teasing some of these things that, you know, I hear whispers. I don't know anything on the officials, but I hear the whispers. And I, I give you as much as I can from my little birds. I don't know why I went Veneris. No, not Veneris. Varys? Game of Thrones. Whatever. <laughs> um, This week's episode. You know, last week was all about how crazy the week was. How wild and nutty the NBA can be this week's episode going to take a quote from uh, three days grace pain without love pain can't get enough pain I like it rough because I'd rather feel pain than nothing at all this is a pain week for us uh, NBA fans a lot of pain points, a lot of interesting decisions, I guess you could say. Um, just a, I mean, you go off a, a drama, a drama filled week, and I guess you can either rally and, uh, you know, turn it into excitement, or you can take all that excitement and somehow bundle it and throw it in the face of your fans. Um, I'm not saying anything was specifically done by. Adam Silver or the NBA, but the powers that be, uh, the the string pullers above the uh, NBA gods, as you will, the puppet masters who write this script, uh, who you know choose the destiny and the path that all these teams are going to take. They had something in store for us this week, but we'll uh, we'll we'll get through. You know, there's going to be multiple points. And I'll just yell pain, maybe. <laughs> um, when it you know it strikes a chord for me as an NBA fan, not just a Celtics fan, but me as an NBA fan, there was there was some stuff. So let's go. Injuries um, <clears throat> this week. Let's see. Patrick Williams of the Bulls out for two weeks with a foot injury. Not great, as we have said. The Bulls have been lackluster all year. And now they're losing depth along with not having Lonzo and dealing with Levine injured all year. Speaking of Zach Levine, he decided to end his season. He will have season-ending surgery on his foot. Um, trade balls. I mean, here, here's your first, actually, here's your first uh, instance of pain. If you are a Bulls fan or you had any kind of bet on the Bulls or you had any, you know, hope that they would be Coming back to being like Mike, it ain't happening. They are dead in the water, as one would say. So, big old pain check mark for them. Uh, Struggle City, Chicago, for real, for real. Um, let's see. Uh, good injury news. Worded that weirdly. Uh, recovery news. Um, Darius Garland, who has had his mouth wired shut because he had a broken jaw from running into Iron Man Kristaps Porzingis. Actually, I really don't know how he broke his jaw. He really was. It seemed like incidental content. It seemed incidental contact. Um, it seemed, you know, non-sequential, uh, non-consequential contact. Um, but he broke his jaw. Uh, he's missed like. I want to say a little over a month, maybe a month and a half. Um, But the wires are out. His jaw is back. Darius Garland will be returning to play for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, Not a pain point. That's actually like one of the few 
things are good news. <laughs> we got written, written down. Um, pain, the definition of pain. And even if you're not a Nets fan, this is pain for the NBA. Ben Simmons returned uh, to the NBA to play one game and now is sitting out with a knee contusion. Get Stop. Someone, can we get rid of him? Can he not be in our NBA? Can we not deal with the constant? Is he is he not playing? Is he good? Is he not good? Like Ben Simmons is one of the biggest wastes of times in the NBA, maybe in NBA history. Um, I, I mean, like it is what it is. Like you can chalk it up to being injury prone, but like I I don't even know how much of this injury stuff is really injury or not being able to tough it out or not having the mental wherewithal to, you know, just push forward through it. I mean, the guy, it all started in Philly. It all started with the, the losing confidence and the, the, the fans being too hard on him and blah, blah, blah. And then just not existing. Um, and ever since then, it's been this back issue. It's been his knees. It's been his hips. It's been his, psyche and he doesn't play and look if he was on a veteran minimum i wouldn't care now i'd be like all right whatever you miss games you miss games whatever but i'm pretty sure he's still on a pretty hefty contract from back when he signed an extension with the 76ers um and the nets are just left in the dark with all this shit like they were like oh let's get rid of james harden it will be better for us to have ben simmons well you were wrong um, somehow, some way, having James Harden was actually the better situation uh, in that boat. But, you know, Ben Simmons going to Ben Simmons, man. <laughs> I don't really <clears throat> I don't really know what else to say. So uh, let's see. Pain point number. I lost count already. Uh, Julius Randle will be reevaluated in two to three weeks with that dislocated shoulder. Um, not much to report there. You know, he's just going to do um, some rest and rehab, and they're going to look at it in a couple weeks. Uh, he, well, yeah, no. No, we didn't announce it yet. Uh, I'll jump ahead a little bit and just say that he is an all-star pick. Uh, he was selected for the all-star reserves, so a little doubtful that he'll make it to that. So we may be seeing a replacement for him in the all-star game. Fingers crossed. I'll get to that when we get to that, though. Um, <clears throat> Vanderbilt, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, going to be missing several weeks. No real timetable yet, but he injured his foot against the Celtics. Uh, he was going batshit crazy, bananas, banana lands, complete banana lands, just balling out. I mean, all of them were. And again, we'll get into it when we get into it, but uh, sad to see. Vando really stepped up in the absence of AD and LeBron and then ended up getting hurt right around halftime. Um, and it'll be a few weeks before he is back to action. Uh, da, 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 da. And I think that wraps up the injuries for the week. Except one big one. But this also rolls into a couple storylines. So Joel Embiid. Joel. Mr. Top of the MVP race, quote unquote, uh, has. So they don't they don't they said meniscus tear. Now they're saying uh, damage meniscus flap. I don't know what the fuck that means. Uh, he has a meniscus injury, period, the end in his knee. Um, and the decision is to rest, rehab or have surgery. Uh, this comes Literally a day after the uh, NBA fined the 76ers for sitting Joel against the Pelicans. Um, they did not report that he was injured. They did not report uh, him on the injury list until like five minutes before tip-off. And so because of that, um, mind you, separate issue. It had nothing to do with this knee. Um, <clears throat> but um, he plays the next game because... Everyone in the league was basically chirping the 76ers being like, why is he sitting out? This is against the PPP policy, um, which I appreciate the NBA actually enforcing. They also did get a $25,000 fine on the Pelicans for that same game against the Sixers. 
uh, because they sat Trey Murphy three. Same situation. Didn't really tell anyone he was injured. Didn't tell anyone that he might sit. And then like five minutes before the game, they put him down. That sounds bad. They <laughs> marked him down as injured. Um, so, I mean, hats off to the NBA for keeping it real with the uh, injury policy and the, you know, got to have people playing policy. But we're in an interesting situation here with Joel uh, because he has missed 14 games this season, which leaves him with only three left to miss. And now uh, he's dealing with the meniscus injury. They can rest him, uh, which, you know, obviously they definitely have to do. I mean, you can play. Here's the thing. You don't need your meniscus to play basketball. Yeah, you do. Um, but a meniscus injury uh, is one of those injuries that you can play through. It's not like an ACL. It's not like a PCL. Um, it hurts, I'm sure. Um, I know that, you know, uh, rest and relaxation and rehab are better for it, but it is an injury that you can possibly play on. <laughs> we have seen players in the past do it, um, not just in this sport, but in other sports. I know Tom Brady played on a meniscus issue for like a year. Um, I'm not saying that Joel should. I'm, I, I, you know, as much as I don't like Joel, I think that he needs to get right. He needs to get healthy. He needs to, you know, put out the best uh, product that he can. And, you know, he's the best when he's healthy. He is an MVP caliber player. I will give him, you know, his flowers on that. Um, but the problem is, is if Joel misses three more games, he is now disqualified for the MVP race. Um, I, I mean, it's an interesting, so this is, you know, check off if you're keeping a tally of all the pain points in the NBA this week. This is a, this is a big one. Um, Shaq, Chuck, Ernie, uh, Kenny the Jet, they all talked about it on TNT uh, during the, the Celtics game uh, against the Lakers. And it's uh, one of those situations where, like, the rule was created where you have to play 65 games to be considered for one of these top accolades in the NBA in practice. I mean, in theory, uh, you know, I completely agreed with the rule of solid rule. I think it, you know, makes sense. Uh, good for the game. Now you're running into a situation where it is not that close of a race. I mean, like Joel and uh, Joker are kind of like one and two and they have been for, I think two months now. Um, but Shaq brought up a good point. This was an injury because someone, you know, made contact with Joel's knee and now he's going to miss games and you want to take away his award because someone injured him. I don't know, Shaq, like, I don't know. Um, you know, Chuck said we created this 65 game rule because, Chuck wanted to be 60 um, or 70. Chuck wanted to be 70. Chuck was like, if you don't play 70 games, you shouldn't be awarded. Which, again, I also kind of agree with like, this is a very tricky situation because in the game in in the league now where we deal with so much load management, um, we deal with so many people just sitting uh, to sit and stay healthy. You know, it's not a good product for the teams. It's not a good product for the players. It's not a good product for the uh, fans, honestly, because you get situations like this week against the Celtics, AD and LeBron sat. Now they had a slew of injuries uh, that they wrote down. I'm not saying that they were or were not dealing with them, but a slew of injuries that uh, weren't bothering them like two games before that and then come us in the matchup they sit um the new ppp policy does make it so that they have to be at the game so lebron and ad were courtside so you, you know fans still got to see them but it sucks it sucks thinking that you know so many people paid all this money to go see certain players or you know travel to go see a game with certain players in it and then those players don't play so I get it. There's got to be some kind of penalty. There's got to be some kind of um, 
way to regulate that. But now we're in a situation where Joel misses three games. Three more games. Um, <clears throat> he's not going to be MVP. He's not. He, he gets DQ'd. He is out of the running. Plain and simple. I agree. And, you know, I was jokingly following along and counting down. Now he has a more serious injury. Now he has an injury that could, you know, take him out for a while. Um, before, when it was a game here and a game there, sitting against random opponents, and there wasn't much rhyme or reason as to why that was happening, I could make fun of it. I could, you know, have the countdown clock going. Now it's it's unfortunate. It's not as fun now. It's not like, oh, he's randomly being sat for load management. He's actually sitting because his meniscus is fucked up um and you know we never root for injuries we never want anything like that to happen even to our worst enemies like i you, you just don't wish that on people um but it was fun when it was just oh joel's taking the night off all right well let's start counting the days before he's dq'd now it's pretty much a given almost that he will be dq'd um and I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it. Like, uh, do I think he's MVP this year? He's definitely contending. I don't think he's a clear walk away with it. I think that uh, SGA, Joker, Luca, like they all have their hats in the ring. Um, but it's interesting to basically go from joyfully counting down uh, the DQ to then kind of having to look, take a step back and look at it and be like, wow, well, that the new rule in this situation kind of sucks. And I only mean it in this situation, like where an extended absence because of injury is expected. Now he's going to be disqualified and there's nothing he could do. This isn't, and you could argue Maybe he shouldn't have load managed the 13 or 12 games beforehand and uh, this injury would pass and he'd still be within the threshold. That's a good argument. I can't argue against that. If there's any games that he missed out just for load management's sake that are against his tally, like that's going to hurt him. But this extended injury, this actual injury, this... Uh, I mean... That's what it is. That's the that's the difference. Like I think that because this is a real injury, this stuff is like people need to be more honest. I think that's where we figure this out. Is that if the players and if the teams are more honest and actually mark a day down as load management or rest, rather than all this bullshit of like what they said for LeBron and AD, they were like groin, hip, ankle, uh, left testicle. Like they listed every fucking part of their body, and they're like, yeah, it's hurt. Like, okay, well, it wasn't two days ago when they played, and now hours before the game, you're announcing this. That That is a load management day. That is a bullshit, we're giving them a night off. Fine, just say load management. Just say sitting because they're tired. Just say sitting because they're ducking the competition. Like, I don't know what the fuck to tell you, but we need to be more honest with this super sleuthing injury report bullshit because, one, you're going to get fined, like, uh, the Pelicans and the 76ers. But two, we need some reality here. I think that uh, load management should really count against your MVP standing. I really do. But an extended injury, that's not your fault that, you know, that was a bang-bang play, you bumped knees with someone, and now you have a meniscus issue. It sucks a little bit more to kind of, like, critique a player, even Joel. Um, in that situation to say, hey, like, even though you've been the most valuable player all season, you missed just a couple too many games and because of that knee and you're out. Um, it's tough. It's a, I mean, I get it both sides of the coin. Uh, you know, we got to keep the players accountable. We got to keep these teams accountable. And if you want your shiny, you know, personal accolades, then play. Don't load manage. Um, at the same time, you know, injuries happen and 
should we take away what looks to be a clear-cut winner of an MVP award or whatever award it is um, just because an unfortunate injury, an untimely unfortunate injury happened? Um, I don't know. I do think that there needs to be a clear distinction between load management and actual injuries. I think that that should be a requirement. Um, but it's never going to come down to that because there will always be certain teams or certain players or whatever that just list anything uh, with no real rhyme or reason besides doing a load management night. I'm looking at you, Darvin Ham, Lakers, LeBron, AD. Uh, but that's where it stands. That's where it sits. Uh, Joel Embiid, only three games left. I don't think that he will qualify for the MVP this year. Um, bittersweet for me, because, you know, like I said, I was kind of counting it down and like, ha, 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 because he was load managing. Now that he's hurt, it's not as ha, 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 ha. Um, but I don't know. Uh, tricky situation. Unfortunate injury. Uh, but it is what it is, man. If you're going to load manage, if you're going to take days off just to take days off, that in the end is going to come back to bite you in the ass. I always say it, but there it is. Uh, let's see. Other news. Marcus Gasol, a name that many of you probably haven't heard in a long time. Maybe even newer NBA fans don't know. Um, but Marcus Gasol, brother to Pau Gasol. Uh, has retired from the NBA after 13 years of service in the NBA, 20 years of professional ballering. It's not the verb. <laughs> it's just not the verb. Balling. Um, I think he played seven total years for Team Spain or uh, FC Barca or PC Barca, whatever the fuck they do the, in the FIBA league. That's what it is, FIBA. Um, but yeah, he... Uh, Great player. Played for Memphis, played for the Lakers, played for the Raptors. Um, always respected his game. Uh, grit and grind. Big old center. Playing the old school center you know, game. I think he ended up adding a three-point shot towards the end of his career, but I'll remember him for the tenacious rebounding and you know paint defense and everything like that. Uh, won a ring with Kawhi in 2019. Over in Toronto. Uh, so, you know, here's your flowers. Congratulations, Marcus Soul, on a great career. Um, you and your brother. Enjoy the lime. Uh, enjoy the twilight. Uh, enjoy the retirement. Uh, maybe they'll coach. I, You know, I could see Paul or Mark coaching. Um, I kind of could see them coaching like the uh, the Spain team. Uh, in the Olympics, but we, we shall see. Um, but yeah, hats off to Marcus Soul. Great career. Um, never really had any issues or drama surrounding the player. So, you know, hang him up. It's hate to see you go, but love to watch you play. Um, let's see. Adam Silver, the commish, looks to be extending... Uh, his contract, uh, no details on money or years, but it does say an extension uh, through the decade. Uh, I'm right in between. Uh, this is good. This is bad here. Um, I will check it off as another pain point for uh, most NBA fans. I know a lot of people do not like Mr. Adam Silver. Uh, they're not a fan of the way he runs things. Uh, sometimes I am. Sometimes I'm not. You know, I think that. Adam needs to be a little bit more uh, militant, a little more uh, cutthroat with how he deals with uh, bad actors, bad characters in the league. I'm looking at Miles Bridges, Brandon Miller, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., uh, Josh Giddy, uh, Derek Rose. You know, like there's a litany of players who have fucking track records and shitty history uh who i you know i think the league would be better without them fucking being in it but one way or another they still are playing or they're still you know in the league and 
that's you know that's what I want from Adam Silver. I want him to come in here if he's going to get this extension, if he's going to be here for another 10 years and really start, you know, busting down on people, really holding people accountable, really uh advocating for survivors of sexual assault, of domestic violence, of I don't anything, uh child abuse. Like there are so many things that are so easy to point out and be like, this is a bad fucking dude. He's not good for the sport. You're out of here. It is so easy for a litany of players to look at them and go, you're not good for this sport. And suspend them or uh, terminate their, you know, eligibility or whatever it is. But, you know, he sometimes seems to be more focused on the bottom dollar. The bottom line, however you fucking say that saying. Um, bet your bottom dollar. That's the other saying. Whatever. He's focused on the profit. And for some reason, you know, Josh Giddy stays in the NBA. Miles Bridges stays in the NBA. Brandon Miller is a, you know, fucking rising star in the NBA. Like, nah, dude, come on. Come on, Adam. I know you got some common sense. I know you were a lawyer for the NBA beforehand. Um, you know these some of these situations are PR nightmares, but you can you can change the script and be the one to advocate for a whole new look on this PR wise. The NBA doesn't tolerate bullshit. The NBA doesn't tolerate shitty people. Is a really really good. And really, really easy line to stand on. Um, but I guess that's to be seen uh, in the coming years or decade, whatever it ends up being, for the extension of Mr. Adam Silver. Um, news, but not news. I'm chalking this one up as a fucking pain point. Pain! Uh, they have extended the NBA draft to two days. Why? Can can anyone tell me fucking why? And they have two changing the locations. Like one's going to be at Barclays in Brooklyn, and then another one's going to be uh, I, the seaport in, in the fucking fish market in Manhattan. Like, what the fuck are we doing, dude? Um, they wanted to like take after the MB, uh, the NFL model and extend the draft and make it a whole fucking to do. It's not like the NFL. There's not seven rounds. There's two fucking rounds. There's 60 picks. You can get that done in a night. Why are we extending this shit? Why do I have to tune in two nights in a row now? Why are you going to eat up more of my time as a viewer, as a fan? Also, no one gives a fuck about the second round. I know there's, you know, a few players who have been, you know, second pound, second pound, second round darlings, uh, you know, Sneaky sleeper picks, whatever. I don't give a fuck about the second round now because it's a separate day. I got to carve out my schedule for two days in a row now just to watch the NBA draft. Nah, fuck that. Like, I don't get it. Uh, more chance for ad revenue, I guess. I, like two primetime spots on TV. Maybe that's what it is. Like the, the, the TV numbers are better. Um. But this is the shit that I'm talking about. Like, Adam, what are we fucking talking? Why are we focusing on this and not more important things? This was your big, uh, look what I did this season kind of rule. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Let's be more serious. Let's just try and be more serious. Um, 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 league news. Another, another thing that will be coming up for the next season. Uh, the salary cap will be raised to 141 million. Uh, it is a $5 million increase from this year to next. It was expected to be a $6 million increase, but for whatever fucking reason, there's a million dollars missing. So, uh, you know, $5 million is a kind of contract. Is that that's like a Peyton Pritchard. For some teams, uh, that's like a God. The Celtics have no one under like ten million dollars. I can't think of anyone on a five million dollar deal. Not the point. The point is that 
the cap will increase as we knew it would. Uh, it'll give wiggle room for some teams. It'll, you know, not be enough wiggle room for other teams. So as always, there will be drama. There will be trades. There will be moving and shifting of players. With that being said, segue into there was a trade this week. Again, chalking this one up as pain because I don't fucking understand it. Uh, Steven Adams has been traded from the Grizzlies to the Rockets. Uh, the Grizzlies will receive Victor Oladipo as he played a sing. I got Larry. We got to have Larry pull this up because I don't even know if Oladipo has played a single fucking game this season. Uh, Oladipo. There he is. So he's being traded for Victor Oladipo and three second round picks. Victor Oladipo is a 31 year old player. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Regular season stats. I don't think he has played. Um, <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, considering that they have him marked down as a Heat player, which is fucking hilarious because he's not. Um, I don't think he's played a single fucking game this season. Not that Steven Adams has either. Um, they're trading injury for injury, but it's just the it's just the fact that Victor Oladipo seems to be moved around so goddamn much in this league, and still doesn't play. Like I don't like. What's the point of on paper transaction? We're moving Victor Oladipo for. Excuse me. Oh, woo! <clears throat> uh, lost my train of thought. That was such a big sneeze. Damn. Um. On paper, we're moving Victor Oladipo for Steven Adams. Like, yes, I see the I see the the vision for the Rockets. Uh, Steven Adams will be back next year, and he's still got some play in him. Um, and he'll back up Alpin Shangun uh, and play with Boban, unless they move Boban at the deadline. But who's who's to say? Who's to know? Um, but it's really just grabbing three second-round picks for the Grizzlies. Like, Oladipo's not going to play for you guys. He's just not. I, like, I, he doesn't play for anyone. Like, every time I see Victor Oladipo's name come up, I go, wait, he's still in the NBA. And then I look, and I'm like, oh, he hasn't played any games this season. It's, it happens almost yearly where I do this. Um, Like, I would have just asked for more picks. I wouldn't have even asked for Victor Oladipo, but I'm sure there was some... Uh, you have to have X amount of players on your team, blah, 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 bullshit. But okay. Like the Grizzlies kind of listened to what I said. Uh, you know, you got to start moving pieces and figuring out next year and everything like that. I don't know if moving on from Steven Adams was the right idea. I really wanted to see Steven Adams and Marcus Smart, you know, ball out together and, uh, you know, what they could do. I don't I don't know. This this trade's like basically a nothing burger to me. You move some shitty second round picks uh and a guy who doesn't play and you get an injured center who's not going to play until next year. Whatever, guys. Like if this is some money laundering tax evasion bullshit, <laughs> like I couldn't tell you. Uh but it is what it is. Um Let's see. Cover that. Cover that. Cover the cover. 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 All right. So, before we dive into the Celtics, and I'm sorry if you keep hearing me snaffle, but uh, I got a runny ass nose. It's uh, the the weather can't figure itself out. Sometimes it's sunny. Sometimes it's gray. It's always fucking cold. Uh, this New England weather has been ass this season. Um, but let's move into some All Star talk before we get into the Celtics talk. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. First, uh, Steph Curry will play against Sabrina, and I might butcher her last name, but that's only because I, I, there's four, four vowels in it. So, um, it's Ionescu, maybe, um, Sabrina Ionescu of the New York Liberty um, they will be competing in three-point competition, like 1v1. Um, Sabrina set the record uh, last year in the three-point competition for the WNBA. Um, I'm pretty sure Steph holds the record for the three-point competition in the NBA. 
Um, Sabrina set the record. I watched, I read like a timeline of the events that happened, but Sabrina set the record in the WNBA All Star game or All Star weekend. Uh, Steph Curry, you know, congratulated her. Um, and I think Sabrina kind of like was like, yo, let's like play against each other or like let's duke it out. Like, I got this. Um, and I'm pretty sure Steph Curry's camp was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Like, fuck it. Let's go. Um, I am rooting for Sabrina in this fucking thing. One, uh, she will be shooting from the women's three-point line with a women's ball. Uh, Steph will be shooting from the uh, NBA three-point line with an NBA ball. But Sabrina's got that dog in her. Sabrina said, put me at the NBA three line. Give me an NBA ball. I got this. Let's go. So with that being said, one, she's not Steph Curry, so it's easier to root for her. Uh, two, she got that dog in her. Like, you gonna tell me that I gotta uh, that that people are gonna whatever? Like, I think that's the one thing that's going to be uh, annoying about this situation is that not the event. I think the event's great. I think it's a great idea. Um, but you're gonna get some shitheads um, who are like, oh well, if she beats. Steph Curry, it's because she shot with the women's ball and shot from the women's line. Like, no, shut up. Fuck you. This is the way the rules were created. Both players agreed to it. Um, and she said, Sabrina said, I'll do it with a uh, with an NBA ball. I'll do it from the NBA three-point line. So she's all about the smoke. So I don't want to hear anyone bitching and complaining about how they structured this or um like I've already seen people being like, well, who asked for this? Fuck off. This is sick. All right. Like, I am so hyped for the NBA to, you know, keep elevating the WNBA, one. But two, these girls got game. These women can ball. Like, I'm so sick of people saying that the WNBA is boring. It's not. Um, you know, are there like wild slam dunks? No, not really. But do you want to see sound, very good technical basketball? Hell yeah. That's the WNBA. These girls know the game. They know how to play it. Um, you know, you don't get to challenge Steph Curry in a three-point competition without having some swagger, without having some, you know, some some rep behind you, without having, you know, some no one would have taken this competition seriously unless Sabrina was who Sabrina was. Set a record, you know, three point ace uh, for her team. So all y'all neckbeards and uh, MAGA fucking uh, profile picture idiots who are gonna, you know, bitch and complain about a lady playing at the NBA All Star Weekend. Shut the fuck up. Um, this is good for the game. It's good for both uh, leagues, both NBA and WNBA. Um, and I just want to see Steph Curry upset. Like, I just want to see Sabrina come in there and take it away from him. And I almost want to see, I don't want to hear people complaining. I don't want to hear the bullshit about it. But I just an inkling of me wants me to, that wants Sabrina to win. And she'll be shooting from the WNBA line. And I am positive that, Media and shithead fans alike are going to make a point of saying, oh, well, it's not the NBA three-point line. I want her to win this year from the WNBA three-point line against Steph, and then for her to reissue the challenge and say, I'll do it again next year from your three-point line. Because that would be like mic drop baller status. Like you can't even... She wants the smoke. She wants the competition. She already said she would do it. But the way that it's set up, it's it, that's the way to set it up. You got a problem with it? Talk to Adam Silver. Talk to whoever organized the event, because Sabrina, she'll play. She'll, she'll she said whatever you want to fucking do, I'm gonna beat Steph Curry, and I respect the shit out of that. That is hype as hell. Um, so good luck to her. I think it'll be a fun event. Um, I think it comes on after the. The 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 big time three point competition the uh full whatever the fuck it's called um uh, three point contest there we go um 
So it'll be the I think the normal three point contest between the NBAers and then this solo dolo shootout kind of thing. I can't wait to see how they do it. Um, they're obviously going to do it. Um, I wish they would do it like full court, one side Sabrina shooting, one side Steph shooting. They go at the same time, so it's live and just fast paced, and there's no waiting or one goes first, one goes second. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, I'm fully in Sabrina's court for this, though. Let's fucking go, girl. Like, let's kick Seth Curry's ass. So sick of hearing Chef Curry with the pot and all that bullshit. Like, let's humble him a little bit. Let's humble him a little bit. Show him that the girls got game, too. Um, other all-star news. All right, so the reserves were announced. And we are back on the pain points. All-star reserves. West are Kawhi, AD, Devin Booker, Anthony Edwards, Steph Curry, Paul George, and Kat. Uh, reserves for the East are JB, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle, Jalen Brunson, Bam Adebayo, Tyrese Maskey. Sorry, Tyrese Maxey. Um... And Palo Banchero. Ah, the pain point is that D. White was not selected for the All-Star. Kristaps Porzingis was not selected for the All-Star. Um, if you're not a Celtics fan, pain points. No Trey Young. No Pascal Siakam. No Scotty Barnes. No Zion. No DeMontis Sabonis. No De'Aaron Fox. No Laurie Markkinen. No Rudy Gobert. Uh, no Jamal Murray, no Harden, no Alpin Shangun. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how to make it right. I don't know how to get like all the players that deserve to be all-stars on the all-star team. Um, there is a little bit of luck on the eastern side uh, with Joel Embiid being injured and uh, Julius Randle being injured. That could open up two spots um, for some of those guys to sneak in and be, you know, alternates um, and get their all-star selection. And hopefully D. White or Zingas get picked in that situation. But I don't know. Uh, it's always confusing and always annoying to see certain players get in and other players not get in. Um, I really think D. White was snubbed. It's really my and De'Aaron Fox, like D White and De'Aaron Fox are having great fucking seasons. And like to to see them just not picked, and like it comes down to fan vote and then coaches selection. Also, okay, I mean I don't have much more to talk about in that. I mean I think those are true snubs. All the people that I listed, um, <laughs> pain is the definition of what I'm about to drop on you. Doc Rivers will be the Eastern All-Star coach. That is because he has the second best record in the league, or in the East, I should say. Um, and that is only because Joe Mazzulla was the All-Star coach last year, and you can't do it two years in a row because we have the best record. So, in second place are the Bucks. Um... Doc Rivers is one and two in his three starts as the Bucks head coach. That is Adrian Griffin's starting all-star coach job. And Doc just shows up for three days and gets it. That's some bullshit. I get it. Adrian Griffin's no longer with the team. He's no longer part of the roster or the 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 personnel. I get it, but you can't give that to Doc. He hasn't done shit all year. He's been sitting at ESPN commentating. What the fuck? <laughs> like, firing Adrian Griffin was weird enough. Then hiring Doc Rivers was weird enough. But now he's going to coach the All-Star team because he's been there for three fucking days? Dude, how? How? Should have, like, deferred to the third team because Doc hasn't done shit. He didn't earn this. He's going to get 
a salary. He's going to get a, a bonus or some bullshit because he is the all-star coach. Come on. Come on, dog. <laughs> like, what are we doing here? I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, nothing to add to that. It really is just bullshit. Um, and there's no other way to, there's no remedy. Uh, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing any of us can do. But definitely should have been considered, should have been thought about ahead of time. Like, oh, if the Bucks stay in second place, what do we do? But no, they just were like, oh, well, obviously it's Doc Rivers. He's an all-star coach. There's nothing else to say. I'm just beating a dead horse at this point. Um, Rising Stars Challenge. The sophomore team is Bala Banchero, Dyson Daniels of the Pelicans, uh, Jalen Dern, Jaden Ivey, Walker Kessler, Benedict Matherin, Keegan Murray, Shaden Sharp, Jamari Smith Jr., and Jalen Williams. Uh, that's the starting Jalen Williams, not other Jalen Williams on the Thunder. Uh, the rookie team. God, I'm going to butcher his name. Bilal Kulabali. Actually, I think I got it right. <laughs> Washington. Uh, Keontae George, Utah. Uh, Jordan Hawkins, Pelicans. Dude Henderson, Chet Holmgren, uh, Jaime Jaquez, Jaime Jaquez, can never pronounce it right, Jamie Jux, as if you were to read it as a, a, a clear, um, <laughs> not knowing who this is person, but Jaime Jaquez, uh, Derek Lively III from the Mavs, Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller, Brandon Miller, boo, uh, Charlotte, uh, Brandon... Podziemski of Golden State? Don't know. Uh, and Kaysen Wallace and Wemby. Uh, I love the Rising Stars Challenge. I always think that it is fun. Uh, it is good to see the second-year players really kind of blooming in what they uh, were as rookies. A lot of these guys were uh, rookies last year in the Rising Star Challenge. Um, a few new names. Uh, but you know, I love young talent. Uh, love to see you know the progress and the progression and the uh, growing of the game. Because obviously, you know, we love all our all stars. We love all our big ticket names. Um, but these guys are the future of the, the league, the future of the sport. So um, it's always exciting to see you know them ball out, young guns against young guns. Uh, there is a G League selection. I don't know any of them except for Ron Holland uh, <laughs> and Mac McClung. Uh, I don't, I don't keep up with the G League, y'all. Like when it comes to draft era, um, when it comes to big scouting time, maybe towards the end of the season, I'll, I'll get in. I'll figure it out. But right now, I know Ron Holland and Mac McClung will be playing in the Rising Star Challenge for uh, to represent the G League. So there's that. Um, yeah, that's all the NBA crap this week. A lot of crap, honestly. <laughs> uh, after a drama filled week, we get some crap fill. It's weird. A uh, little bit of uh, dookie. Why am I just stop talking about shit? <laughs> Anyways, uh, with no further ado. Without further ado, the Boston Celtics did exactly what I asked them not to do. We won against the Pelicans in a dramatic fashion. We were down for most of that game, came back, and, you know, <coughs> really put together a W in the end of it. Proud of them. Good to see that in a game. Love to see, you know, that happen. Then we played the... Pacers, and I think we set a record for having 81 points in the half. Uh, we only scored 40-something after that, which is not as good as it should be. It was definitely a harder game than it needed to be after the first half, because after the first half, you're like, hey, this is a cakewalk. No, not exactly. But, but, we squeak out the victory against the Pacers. 
So that's two and zero oh in last week. And the only thing I fucking said was I would rather lose those two games than lose to the Lakers. Why? Why? NBA beings, NBA greater spirits above, why do you like to laugh at me? Why do you like to see me upset, to see me hurt? Why? This game is the ultimate definition of a fucking trap game. The Lakers suck and have sucked since the in-season tournament. I hate them. They are the rival of the Celtics. LeBron sits. AD sits. Cam Reddish sits. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt plays half the game, sits. And we got stomped. We got disrespected at home. Like, what the flying fucking fuck, dude? I don't know how else to... Like, I am... This was our worst loss of the season. If you want to, like, go through and pick apart every episode of this show, of this year, I don't really care when we lose. Wins and losses happen. It's the game. It is the sport. We are still first overall in the East. I don't give a fuck right now, though. This is one of those games where I watch Austin Reeves go off for 30. I watched D'Lo go off for fucking 20-something. I watched Vanderbilt until he got hurt, grabbing every fucking rebound and being fucking made out of rubber and hitting every layup. Like, to watch our starters. Mind you, we didn't sit a motherfucker. We sat Luke. I think that was the only person who was out that game. We played... KP, we played JB, we played JT, we played Derek White, we played Drew, we played Hauser, we played uh, Peyton Pritchard, we played Kata, we played, I mean, like, everyone ended up getting in the fucking game because we couldn't beat the goddamn Lakers. We our, we got the brakes beat off our asses, all right? Like, this was bad. This was one of those games where you go out there and you go, oh, they don't have their all-stars. We can play soft. And then the Lakers came out and punched you in the mouth. And that was one quarter. And you go, okay, we need to adjust. We came in here playing down to our competition. And they didn't adjust. They got hit in the mouth a fucking again. And then you go into halftime and you're like, well, I think Jared Vanderbilt's out. So that will help us a little bit. You know, he was going a little ballistic. We can, we can, we can tighten this up. No, we got punched in the mouth again. And then punched in the mouth again. I don't think we ever brought the lead within six points. We were losing that whole fucking time against the team that collectively has probably won five to ten. And I'm that's I'm being generous on the ten side. Five to ten games since December. But they sit their two best players and we get mollywopped, disrespected, beaten the fuck up and dragged outside in our own home. In front of our own home fans. After all those fans, and yeah, hand up, that's me. We're chirping. We're giving the Lakers so much shit and saying that LeBron and AD were ducking that competition, that they didn't want this smoke. Well, guess what? All that smoke that we were puffing up, we choked on it. That shit was abysmal. That shit was bad. That shit was ugly. We had seven turnovers in the first fucking quarter. Like, what the fuck, dude? They came out there and they, you know what they did? And hats off to the Lakers, and I'll never say that fucking sentence again, but hats off to the fucking Lakers. They heard all the shit. They heard all the smack talk and all the garbage that we were all spitting. We were all saying AD and LeBron don't want this smoke. They're ducking us. We got this. And they said, fuck those Boston Celtics. And fuck their fans. We're going to go in their home home, and disrespect them. And guess what they fucking did? Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, I can't blame Joe all that much. He tried every fucking rotation that we had. Um, hot hand. Austin Reeves going off for 30. 
Sure. Uh, hot hand, D'Lo, playing like D'Lo has been lately? Sure. But, come on, man. JT, JB, D. White even. Like, no one had a good game. There were a couple solid performances, but no one had a good game. No one played like we're supposed to play. Um, and the problem with this loss and the reason why I hold it so highly, one, rivals, I hate the Lakers. I hate the Lakers so fucking much. But even if this was, who's a team I don't give a fuck about if we lose or win to, um, even if this was a game against the Kings or or some team that really, in the long scheme of things, does not, blip up on my radar as a crazy game it's the way we lost it is the fact that we as a team as the celtics for years now have played down to competition have been lights out against like all-star teams against bucks against sixers against the knicks against the heat like we have games where we go in there and show out and look like the goddamn Harlem Globetrotters. Like, we look like we have a scripted win. And yet, for like three, four years now, it has been, oh, a bad team is coming into our barn. Barn. Got hockey on the mind now. Um, A bad team comes into our arena. And, 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 I don't know who or why or what, but someone looks at the schedule and goes, easy, fuck that. All right, W, we'll fucking cakewalk. And then you get your your shit pumped. And you get kicked in the fucking dick. And you get sucker punched in the fucking mouth. You get that Sherlock Holmes fucking uh, Robert Downey Jr. slap to the ears and then throat punch. Like, Never play down. If you're supposed to beat a team, it shouldn't be a close game. We should have walked out of fucking TD Garden on Friday. It's Friday? Thursday? Thursday night. Yeah. Should have walked out of TD Garden on Thursday night, winning by 40. Leaving them with broken spirits. But for some fucking reason, and I don't know why, and I don't know why this is a continuous fucking thing, Bad team will show up, or we show up to their stadium, whatever, whatever, which way. And we go, okay, this is an easy one. And then we fumble it. Stop fucking doing that. Stop playing down to competition. And yes, I get it. Uh, Missoula sees this as an opportunity, sees this. As, and like, I thank you, coach. I, I agree. Like, a loss is where you can learn the most about your team and how to be better and blah, 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 blah. I don't give a fuck right now, though. Because we can't be losing one to every Western Conference team. Like, but that's just a bad look. Uh, <laughs> we can beat everyone in the East, but we can't beat the West. Um, lost to the Clippers, lost to the Nuggets, lost to the Wolves, lost to the. Th- the th- did we beat the Thunder? I don't know. Um, but I, if you look at our 11, 12 losses, 12, I believe it's 12 now. Uh, 11, 12, 13, 74. <laughs> no, hang on. Uh, Larry does not. Yeah, 12. I was right. Um, you look at our 12 losses on the season. I'm pretty sure half of them are against Western Conference teams. No rhyme or reason for that. But it does concern me. Because guess what? We can run through the East. That's great. That's fine. That's dandy. But if we get to the point where we get to the championship, and we get steamrolled by a Western team. What the what? What was it? What was what was any of it worth? What was the point of any of this? If we're just going to get steamrolled by a Western team, because the only time that we're going to play a Western team when it actually matters is in the fucking finals. And if the Western teams are just going to keep lining up and knocking us down, there's no point in even going to the fucking finals. I'm being dramatic, of course, but let's fucking lock in. Like, let's get some fucking, I don't know, sports psych. We need to figure out why the fuck we played down. Um, 
It's just never, like, I never understood the concept of being complacent or being comfortable or, or, uh, you know, these guys suck. We're going to kick their asses. No. You know what kicks their asses? Playing your fucking hardest. Playing the ball that you're supposed to play. Playing to your potential. Because guess what? Yes, the Celtics are that good. And yes, they should cakewalk a whole bunch of teams. So just play. Show up. Do your fucking job. Don't talk about it. Don't think about it. Don't. Don't get in your head about it. Treat every team like they're the 2022 fucking 2021-2022 fucking uh, Golden State Warriors. Treat every game like it's a game seven. Play your fucking heart out and you'll win. And yes, I get it. I get it. We are 37 and 12. We are number one in the East. I am just alluding to and worried about a constant theme of playing down to bad opponents. Because guess what? That's how people get fucked up and upset in the playoffs. That is how people get fucked up and get swept by an eight seed. Like, I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I don't want it to happen. I'm just saying be wary of counting out your opponent. Never count out your opponent. Finish the kill, and then celebrate. And that's all I really got to say on it. Like, fuck. Was that painful? Hell yeah. Am I upset about it? Hell yeah. In the grand scheme of things, is it going to fucking matter? Probably not. But still, we gave the Lakers the time of their lives on Thursday night. Um, When this episode comes out... It will be Sunday, Sunday for y'all. Um, the week ahead for the Celtics looks like the Grizzlies coming to TD Garden. The reunion of uh, TD Garden and the beloved Marcus Smart. Uh, Smart is still injured. He will not be playing in the game, but I do believe there will be a tribute video. Uh, for those listening today on drop day, that'll be at 6 p.m. Um, here's a perfect example. The Grizzlies are trying just to keep their heads above water. I'm pretty sure they got uh, three hardship 10-day contract given to them by the NBA because their team's so injury-ridden and kind of just spiraling. Win this fucking game. It's a Western team who's down on their luck. Win this game. Like, just win this fucking game by, like, 80. Stop. Don't play down. Don't fucking play down. All right. Um, then Wednesday, the 7th, we have the Hawks again at home. Um, Friday, the 9th, we have the Wizards at home. And then Sunday, the 11th, we play in Miami. Um there's a chance that uh, we record on Saturday or Sunday next week, so I'll exclude the Miami game. So three games this week. Grizzlies on Sunday, Hawks on Wednesday, Wizards on Friday. It should be a clean sweep. This is a week of teams, a week full of teams who are bad, a week full of teams that are struggling. We should not drop any of these games. These are games where we have to come out there full confidence, full fucking fledged and go out there and score and run up the score and make sure like, okay, if we, you know, we don't blow them out because we put the second team in the second half, fine, but we need W's. I request a 3-0 sweep of this week. Fuck the Grizzlies. Fuck the Hawks. Fuck the Wizards. We need to stand on business and produce and play our asses off against teams that deserve to be beaten by us. And I'll leave it at that. You know, I haven't gotten too heated. I haven't gotten too heavy on some conversations this year. But that's one of those things that really just fucking pisses me off about this team is when we just roll over and die against teams that don't deserve the win. They just don't. You're going to tell me that we would deserve to lose against Austin Reeves 
and his backup cronies and his backup buddies while LeBron and AD sit in street clothes clowning us on our sideline in our arena. Fuck that. <sighs> like I said at the top of the show, pain. Without love, pain can't get enough. Pain, we like it rough because we'd rather feel pain than nothing at all. And that's how a lot of these, a lot of us, a lot of we NBA fans feel constantly about everything going on. Um, even at the top, even if you're number one, there's still something that's going to hurt you. Fuck you, LA. Fuck you so hard. <laughs> and uh, can I, like, I got friends. I left that at a weird, I paused at a weird spot. I got friends who are uh, Lakers fans. It has been hell since Thursday. I want you to know that. My DMs, anytime there's a fucking meme, anytime there's any kind of highlight, anything, anything pro Laker, it has been sent to me within the last three, four days. Fuck y'all. <laughs> uh, that being said, the Celtics are 37 and 12. I'm going to take a step back. Big breath in. Big breath out. Namaste. The vibes are going to go back up. We're going to figure it out this week. We're going to mollywop three teams that deserve to be mollywopped. And that's it. Easy peasy. Lemon breezy. Um, as always, I am Marty the Meat Man. We are Cross Car Coverage. Y'all are the beautiful, wonderful, much appreciated listeners. Again, the Celtics are 37 and 12. They lead the East. Things are fine. I'm just being a big baby. And with that being said, as always, <clears throat> and first and foremost, go Celtics. Or go fuck yourself. Peace.